0: Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. It is Friday, May 22nd, and we have a special celebrity guest with us today, Sonali Dev. Good
1: morning, Sonali. morning, Jeffy. How are you?
0: I am doing just great. How about yourself?
1: Oh, I'm great. Uh, just as we started recording, um, someone started mowing their lawn next door. So I hope that's not too much of a problem. But, uh, <laughs> but no, It's a lovely, sunshiny morning after a long time here um, in the Chicago suburbs. So I've got nothing to complain about this morning.
0: So is it springtime there? Is it full, full um, warm?
1: I, it's been, uh, I mean, we had snow in May. In May, we had snow, you know, flurries, yeah. but it's been it's been a bit of a schizophrenic um, May. We've had um, you know frost, and we've had eighty degree. I think we've had our first eighty degree day already. This weekend, we're gonna hit um, high up in the seventies, close to the eighties, which is you know time to sing an aria for us. But but <laughs> it's 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 been good. It you know I mean um a winter when you don't get to leave home is is not the worst thing for me
0: well that that's a good thing yeah cuz those chicago winters can be bitter
1: they can be pretty bad but this is getting but it gets so gorgeous when you know may comes along and um it's it's like having your first child right uh, someone you know lulls you or cheats you into believing that it's <laughs> be easy so I think Chicago summers are like that. They get so gorgeous that you forget, and then, then you know, come November, December, you're like, "Oh no, I was cheated again."
0: because <laughs> so, you have several children, right? I have two.
1: I have two. two. I, those are those feel like they're several. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they're getting pretty big now, aren't they? yes i i mean this is the strangest thing uh to say but i have adult children which feels uh you know just really really weird um yeah they're they're uh, we have a birthday this uh week uh, for my younger one and she'll turn 19 and then in a couple weeks my older one will turn 21 so you know yeah. real adult and one who uh, you know is legally in most ways an adult so it's 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 a very interesting time, I have to say, I love having adult children, maybe even you know i mean I've enjoyed them at every phase but but i I do really enjoy um not having um you know not having to feed and clothe and um <laughs> monitor
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> I remember when my stepson and stepdaughter were old enough that they drove on their own and and they were probably about that age, maybe a little bit younger, but their mom lived in Northern Wyoming about five hours away and, and they were at our house and then they said goodbye and got in the car and drove off to go drive up to Northern Wyoming by themselves. And it was like, who are these glossy confident adults who go do things by themselves?
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. I say they're like, you know, 90% of the time they're glossy uh, and responsible (laughs) We live for the for the ten percent when it's like, oh my gosh, aren't you supposed to be an adult now? <laughs> Why am I dealing with this stuff? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I was. Um, yeah, it's fun. They're fun. Uh, certainly, uh, and I'm sure you'll agree. Um, I have not been jealous of my friends who have um, <clears throat> who have young kids. Um, you know, in in oh, yeah. in uh, you know in in self isolation, that's uh, not something I'm jealous of anyone, and I have huge respect for anyone who has, uh, you know, younger kids at this time.
0: I know it. I do too. It's yeah. just yeah. Um...
1: it. It almost is like we didn't sign up for this. We were supposed to have help. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: well. All right, so we got distracted by kids, and I, I should back up and ask you, what, what are you drinking?
1: I am drinking my morning cup of chai, um, uh-huh. that's a tea, um, that I always start my mornings with and um, take very, very seriously. As you know, <laughs> we both take our morning beverages very seriously. Um, I, I feel like
0: it's one of the first things we bonded, we bonded over. over, and we've yes. we've met for our morning drinks yeah. at conferences before.
1: Yes, and you were kind enough uh, to save me with some drinkable coffee back uh, at in in was it Vegas? Oh, it, it was one of the
0: um, RT in Las Vegas. Yeah. I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, that's
0: yeah. right. Because we we had driven and we brought our Nespresso machine with us. Yeah.
1: Yes, and that's uh, right. And and then because then, I am,
0: I am crazy about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I I love traveling. I miss it, but what I don't miss is uh is that that's the you know I mean it's really strange. I I don't mind uh the delays on flights. Like I love traveling. I love everything about traveling. The only thing I miss when I'm traveling, whether it's for work um or pleasure. <clears throat> Is my morning cup of chai? Yeah, I mean, and uh, and I think that just that just proves I'm getting old, <laughs> because if you had told me when I was in my twenties and thirties that I would say such a thing, I would have kicked myself really hard. <laughs> because it's I actually like it makes me grumpy thinking about not having you know the perfect amount of ginger. The, even when I travel, you know, when when I'm visiting family. Um, and and everybody's chai tastes a little bit different. It's, uh, it's just a thing about, I I don't think two people can make the same tasting uh, tea. And, um, and, and I, I, you know, I have, I can tell which of my friends has made, um, a cup of tea by tasting (laughs) it. But but I do uh, really love exactly this note, you know, that I can hit. I mean, I do enjoy other people's, uh, chai as a but that morning just is uh not a morning if it doesn't feel just right and and w- another weird thing about being in quarantine is um <laughs> is that you can't just run out to the grocery store for um for ginger and um and my chai is basically ginger and if i can find you know good lemongrass then y- lemongrass but that's kind of the only two things a lot of people uh, put in more complicated spices but that's my tea and we have this blend I'm surprised
0: I thought there was more to chai than that
1: um it's so so chai again is you know you can um well chai means tea um it it, okay it, it translates to tea so it has to have tea like my pet peeve is when people will you know boil just spices with no tea in it and call it um, a tea or call it a chai. Like uh, no, the number one requirement of a chai is that there's chai in it. Uh, or the number one re- requirement for me to call something tea is that, you know, um, substance uh, grown as tea <laughs> should be in the brew but um yeah and so then the other thing that makes it special is we have we use this particular blend of um leaf tea and uh you know and more um and and the more boiled down processed tea so the stronger and the or you know the more orby uh, blend and then just ginger and uh, lemongrass if i can find it so i like it really like more herby than spicy, um. And, and it's been it, the last time we went to the grocery store, we picked up ginger that was, you know, wasn't from um, from one of the sources where it's strong. Uh, and so so we it was had, substandard ginger. It was substandard ginger. And you have to put literally, you know, the size of your head in there to <laughs> give it a taste. And it's been I'm waiting to go back to the grocery store and get, you know, some real um you know some some real good ginger i think the one from brazil is usually really good i found and um yeah i'm kind of waiting to go back and get um get ginger that tastes like ginger even with you know a, a, just a little inch of it <laughs> So that's, well, you know, yeah. that's Brazil's
0: it. having a terrible time with the pandemic. So and, you might not get your yeah. Brazilian And I think that's ginger. the reason
1: we're not really getting it, Um, you know, but, oh. but there's other, it's been, I think it's been coming from other uh, places. We have had some good ginger in the pandemic, but uh, not the last batch we got was, you know, just um not cutting it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and. And for the people listening, I should tell them that story of the RT at Las Vegas, because we were at that big casino hotel.
1: It was and filled there, with
0: smoke. <laughs> yeah, it was filled with smoke. And there was like one little tiny Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> and and it was right near our bank of elevators. And David and I were walking back to the elevators, and there was this enormous line for the Starbucks. like. 30 people or
1: something long yeah
0: yeah (laughs) and and I saw you and I was like oh good morning Sonali and and then I was like are you sick is something wrong because you look so fucking miserable (laughs) (laughs) and you're
1: like no I was was miserable you say (laughs) And and you said, no,
0: I just haven't had my morning coffee and I haven't had my morning tea. And I was like, well, we have them in the room. Come on up. And you said, no, I have to get it for my roommates, too. And I'm like, oh, I'll take some back for them.
1: <laughs> I remember it was. Yeah. And then we were, you know, besties after that, because who doesn't love someone who saves them from, you know, a morning caffeine? <laughs>
0: Well, weren't we weren't we friends before <laughs> that? I was
1: trying to remember how did we become friends because of Kensington. I I would I I was trying to trace that back before uh, you know this conversation, and uh-huh. it's weird how I don't remember. Uh, I think it was um it. Was it's Kensington. like there was never a time that we weren't One friends. <laughs> exactly. We, I, I think it was one of the Kensington signings at uh, one of the RWAs. And the hat, like I remember the lady in this, uh, you know, in this <laughs> lovely hat. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was one of the signings. Um, and I think we bonded over the beauty of our covers or something like that. I can't even remember. But yeah, we have it's yeah. been a while.
0: Because your was your first book the Bollywood Bride.
1: My first one was a Bollywood Affair.
0: Bollywood Affair.
1: Yeah, so that's that, right. Um, that was twenty. That I sold that in twenty thirteen, and it came out twenty fourteen November. So okay,
0: was and it, then the Mark of the Tala was my first book with right. Kensington, and that came out in twenty fourteen also.
1: Right. Oh, you know what we might have been on were we on a debut author's like no no it was not your debut debut though it was just your first with No, Kevin but
0: Lewis. it was like a Kensington author thing. Yeah. That had people had releases that year or something.
1: Something, yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. this is terrible. I can't remember, you know, I literally can't remember my name some days or the names, <laughs> the names of my offspring and they're like, "Mom, you have two <laughs> so yeah so this is pretty good how much we've unraveled (laughs) it must have been at and that was that was seven years no that was six years ago six
0: years ago but still six or seven you know depending on like when we signed our contracts and stuff
1: yeah 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 it was a good time though you know I uh, do you feel like it's been you know that much has changed do you feel um well yeah I mean
0: it you know it feels like a lot of time has gone by since you know since we were so uh you know bright eyed and bushy tailed with yeah. those first books
1: <laughs> green green we were green. <laughs> <laughs> we were very green, that's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. I feel very green a lot these days. It's it's kind of weird. I feel you know, this this mad swing between still feeling that green sometimes and then feeling, you know, as old as the hills and so cynical at other times. Yeah, sometimes, so jaded. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So- and it's like when you talk to a like a debut author somebody who's just gotten their first book deal and they're like and maybe I'm gonna get a movie option and and I'm just so excited about this and you're kind of like oh honey <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so you know, sometimes I feel like that and sometimes I feel like you know I was i was telling my husband this morning that I don't think i've been this um I you know i don't know whether the word is nervous I, i'm a, ashamed to admit that it might be but but i have you know, I'm um, recipe for persuasion comes out May 26th, which is um, uh, you know, I Tuesday, know. yeah, it's Tuesday, and um, and man, I don't think I've been this, um, you know, this nervous or this kind of anticipate, just like I haven't felt so much anticipation, I think, for a release in forever, which may not be true because I do feel these things, I think it's the it's the not being distracted by travel and you know because we're still yeah. out and about when release happens and I'm doing a ton of virtual stuff, but sitting in
0: oh I am too and it's, it's just right? it's, uh, different. It's, it's different it's like all of the work with none of the
1: fun yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> but but exactly and you have to dress up like I was gonna say if I could do everything in my jammies not just waist down but you know full <laughs> jammies it would be um, it it would you know maybe be more fun but but without the without the distraction of traveling uh the focus is like so high or or maybe it's just this book i don't know what it is but i'm um my levels of you know are you feeling that with yours too The that anticipation and nervous or anxiety nervousness is like really high
0: yeah yeah i mean i think that we all have kind of like this low level anxiety because of the pandemic anyway
1: anyway yeah yeah
0: yeah and then for both of us you know it's interesting that that you and i are i was calling us release day twins but you and i This reminds me, you know, like with us having our first books from Kensington come out at the same time, we've had parallel pens in many ways. Yeah. And for me, this is also the second book in a trilogy that is coming out on Tuesday.
1: Wow. And I I just, but I think you have written more every year. So I think you have more books out. This is your, your total, what number is this?
0: Oh, I'm, I'm into the low thirties now.
1: Oh, oh, this is my sixth book
0: yeah so wow but I was writing for Karina for five years before Kensington and then and then I've been self-publishing also and yeah
1: right so you have yeah you've been and you've been writing in multiple genres uh yeah it's um and yeah that's so it's no mine's just my sixth release and um and it you know it just feels um it's it's you know where you're not where you're not all the way in the game where this is like my 20th book and it's <laughs> not you know my first or second book either and so you're kind of in that i feel like i'm at that point in my career where um where many an author walks away sometimes. That might be TMI. We might need to cut that out of the podcast. Might, um...
0: No, no, no. We're, we're all about honesty on this show. It's, it's supposed to reflect the, the real... Um... No, really, I do think it's important because sometimes yeah. no. as authors, we, we tend to want to go for that glossy adult thing and present only the happy stuff. But there are anxieties and there are times when you wonder if it's worth it.
1: Yeah, it's 90% anxiety. I mean even if you're not if it's not 90% wondering if it's worth it because you know in our hearts of course we know it's worth it. We wouldn't be stupid enough to do it if it didn't feel so worth it most <laughs> of the time. But uh but 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 I think anxiety is even a dull word for it I think it's raging fear is 90% of this job um, you're afraid of everything like you're afraid of putting a or I am I shouldn't speak for everyone of you know a a single word on uh, a paper I'm afraid of like everything um much as i love it i think just the and that might be i don't know if that's a perfectionist thing i don't know what it is maybe you know it's um whatever it is i think it's like 90% of this this job is fear and, and well, you know, over it another
0: author said to me that if we weren't worried about our work if we didn't feel that fear and concern about it being good enough then we wouldn't be really reaching and trying to make it as good as it could be
1: no i agree with her it you know i mean and that i think is the um that's the trick right that you're continuously trying to um to say to say more with each book you're 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 continuously Mm -hmm. trying to do more with each book you're con continuously trying to get better with each book Um, and you want to recreate the magic of the previous books that touched people. So it's this, you know, it's, it's, you you keep raising the bar for yourself. Um, And and sometimes I, you know, I, I, I try to tell myself that, um, and and some of that is the industry that is constantly, at least traditional publishing, the the pressure of having an upward arc in terms of sales and exposure is so high. Yes. Uh, you know, and and I, you know, I think it's high for everybody. It there is a multiplying factor if you, um, you know, if you are, uh, to use the dreaded uh, word. Diverse, or if you you know if your books have different material, which traditionally has been uh, you know has been labeled as not that easy to sell, sales become almost this weight you carry for everybody who's trying to write books that are different or that um, are you know ethnically different. You're like, oh my gosh, if I fail at this with the buzz and with the name, then then so many more people are going to be told, oh, look, you know, it didn't work. And, and and what I love right now is that it's not as lonely as it was when I first started writing, which was not that long ago, right? It was just six years ago. Uh, in these terms, at least it doesn't feel like, you know, oh, you're one of like two people or three people that are coming out, uh, you know, this year or in this season. Um, so in, uh, you know, that, but, just the pressure of so many things, but that pressure of sales is, um, is, is becomes the survival thing. I know we have as authors now a lot more, um, you know, options and choices and all of that. But you kind of want to succeed in the space that you set out to succeed in, you know. And um, yes. and, and it might, you know, in, in the end, you have to do what you have to do. But But you want that or I want that. So, yeah, so, so the Well, crazy. I
0: recall that you, um, early on from RT, you won. What was it like, best multicultural book or something like that?
1: No, I never, I was always. <laughs> so, so the, the, so RT used to have a category for multicultural slash diverse books for many years. Okay. So, is that what they called it? They called it that, but I never won that. I was always, um, I was always
0: um, <clears throat> a bridesmaid.
1: <laughs> yes i was always um you know uh, uh, i think those are nominees not finalists yes i nominees was a nominee. yes. and um uh, the first year that i won uh which was the first year that this they, they took those categories away and it was probably the best part of that win was that was the first year that they they put um you know put us at the big you know big kids table and took away that you know that uh, that uh, side table, which I was not—I understand what they were doing with it at that point. You know, they were they were trying to give exposure to. Um, to more diverse books by giving them that but but that was a good and they they made the transition that was the best part is that they then tra- they then did away with it as the industry started to get slightly more open and the first one that i won was uh, for change of heart and it was just best contemporary romance like straight up um you know competing against other contemporary romances and so that and, was-
0: and you said that in your speech I remember that now yeah. that it was nice yeah. to win just for contemporary romance.
1: Yes, I would have. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was. Uh, and no disrespect to anyone who has won in any category, because you do what you have to, and you know,
0: you that's right paths
1: that you're given. But uh, and I was very grateful to be nominated in those c- categories. And I'm, you know, I know that sounds like a uh, like a canned line, but but truly, I you know, I mean, it's <laughs> uh, it I was, but but I was really really uh, thrilled to win in. Um, you know, win in the real space, um, you know, and so, but that was unfortunately their last one. Um. And they shut down after that. So I did actually win their last Best Contemporary <laughs> Award for whatever that, that, you know, so. You yeah. killed it. You killed it. <laughs> like, like you and your readers, right? Now that the readers, the readers are gone. I was like, darn
0: it. I know. I was, because uh, I was a finalist last year. Yeah, you made a finalist
1: every year, like it seems, for years now, right?
0: No, no. I've only finaled twice.
1: It feels like more than that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I am just a finalist in your heart, Sonali. <laughs> you
1: really You've also won, though, darling.
0: So, I did win. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, for, for people who don't know, um, with the reorganization of RWA, they announced yesterday that the Rita is being retired and it will be replaced with a new contest called the vivian award named for one of the founders of rwa who was a black woman or who is i guess she's still around yes and so i'm sure that the trophy will be different and so yeah i have <laughs> one of the last Rita's and that, i'm not sure how to feel about that
1: yeah all of this we don't know how to feel but i think uh <laughs> you know uh, it's um tentative hope is um is is probably yes. the best thing we can feel at this point.
0: Yeah, I so, I was um, shocked at first when I read the announcement and then I thought, you know, that's probably the smartest thing they can do because they would never have been able to shake the taint.
1: Yeah. Which, which kind of, again, makes me, yeah. And the t- I think that's what that you, that's exactly right. That, that shaking that taint again, it becomes, you know, um, last year we had um, was the first year that, uh, again, um, two black women and an Indian woman, um, Indian American woman, won. So Nisha Sharma won, and Minx Malone won, and um, and um, the amazing Kennedy, Kennedy Ryan won. So it was. I mean, you know, it should have been such a time of you know celebration and joy. Um, and and then of course, you know the shit show and, yeah. and and everything kind of so so i do feel um so much grief and sorrow for that but yes i think the yeah. best you know that that um there are people on the board right now that i trust um and i'm i'm feeling tentative hope uh and it it certainly is a it is a grand gesture so you know so we'll see yeah. where it goes um yeah you know, and we can only hope
0: all right, so let's talk about your books some more. Um, you said this is your sixth book that's coming out. Yep. Uh, are your books your books are
1: always about Indian families, Indian people? Um, yes. So um, this th- this particular series, um, so Indian Americans uh, is what I would say. Um, okay, you know, I wasn't you know, sure
0: if I should go that far. So, no, yeah. was
1: Indian. I, I think the only uh, <clears throat> I have written some that um, the protagonists are are Indian and not Indian American, and there is a distinction um, in that um, in terms of perspective. Um, so, so I, Bollywood Affair um, is uh, where they're both, you know, born and raised in India. They go back to India, but the book is set in um, in the United States. It's set in um, Michigan. On a college campus, and uh, when they're both here, so that was uh, one. And then, Distant Heart is my only book that is set in Mumbai, um, where <clears throat> you know, I mean, they, there's uh, there's almost, I mean, there are side characters uh, from uh, who are Indian American, but the book is set in uh, in Mumbai and uh this one actually is very much uh, this series uh is actually very much an indian american family because it's um it's it's a politically ambitious indian american family in the bay area so they're very the indian kennedys if you will their oldest yes. son is running for california governor uh they've descended they're descended from royalty so it's a whole different i think um you know, view of um, the Indian, um, you know, the Indian diaspora that that we've seen in um, fiction, I would say, Um, and very much um, something I wanted to write about, um, because I I was a little tired of, um, you know, of poverty porn, and uh, also, you know, of perpetual and heightened uh, immigrant angst, which is not, you know, which I'm sure is a lot of people's um, experience, it is It's not been mine. Um, I've you know lived now. I've been you know American for the exact amount of time that I was uh, that I've lived in America as long as I have in um, I did in India. And I kind of you know now. now, How old were you when you came to the (laughs) US? i I know what you're trying to do there just ask me my age no 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 (laughs) well
0: you're the same age i I am i i I, I think we're very close
1: yeah so 23 actually this may this month uh it's been it's longer here than there so it's 23 24 now and uh, so i came here um you know when i was in grad school that age and so i have always for reasons you know i've i've I can assure you that I've really never stood in front of a mirror and bemoaned the fact that, you know, I feel uh, disassociated or disconnected in my body or in my skin or anything with that. Now, I'm sure if, but I came here as an adult. So that makes the dynamic very different. Um, I also came here as an adult who was already very comfortable in my skin. And so I didn't have, uh, you know, But but I know people struggle with that. But but that's one, uh, and those stories need to be told, but that's one perspective. And I kind of want to tell, um, you know, tell stories which are more, you know, which where the characters happen to be Indian and they bring that culture into their thinking and into their lives. But the conflict is not being Indian, which, right. um, you know. Instead, it, the
0: conflict is like whether they can get the right ginger at the grocery store. <laughs>
1: That would be a very Indian conflict, <laughs> I think, unless there are other cultures that value their ginger as much well. as And that might be the original problem, Jeffy. I don't think that's a problem. Uh, I'm sure there's Indians who, who love their morning coffee and don't want ginger in that. My brother will not drink tea with ginger in it. So, oh. right there, even in our family, so this whole idea uh that you know any culture is a monolith <laughs> right there we destroy it because this right. man, um this man uh will not drink um tea with ginger in it and uh and and so <laughs> you know the, the the siblings so that's that's the stories that, you know i want to tell where's you know how how siblings and uh their relationships and um you know and family dynamics and so this uh is the series is that uh, you know it's it's basically I think above all else a family saga it's also um, you know the, the grand thing that in you know as um, as an author I was trying to do with this series is um, you know is is uh, right reimaginings or right homages to Jane Austen's novels so my f- and and I had dreamed of doing this forever Um, you know even before I was a published author you know when you have those, oh someday I'll write the next Harry Potter sort of dreams um, mine was you know uh, how fun would it be if I could um, I could write these you know my favorite four Austen novels under one story umbrella where it would each be you know an homage to that book but there would be an overriding arc and a, you know, shared story universe. And I used to think that was, you know, such an, um, uh, such a dream, but, you know, like all dreams, uh, it (laughs) far-fetched, but (laughs) so, which is why this is so exciting because um, this is the second one in that. And the first one was Pride, Prejudice and Other Flavors. And this one is Recipe for Persuasion. So obviously (laughs) the first one was Pride and Prejudice and, this one is uh, you know, is my nod to um persuasion. So it's um you know, and which is not to say that these books are scene by scene or even character by character retellings of the Jane Austen novels. They're just simply um, you know thematic um, you know, thematic basis to the story. Or, um, you know, what what her stories, they her stories for me growing up, I read them very young, were very formative, I think, in what I believed uh, about myself, about love, about a lot of things. Um, you know, the the way that I started to see society because um, because she always had such a, uh, you know, I mean, the whole comedy of manners thing is where, you know, we live in a world where everything is ridiculous. And I loved, um, you know, loved. Uh, how she does that, how she lives within the world, but um, but pokes fun at its ridiculousness and having permission to do that growing up in the world I was growing up in. So things like that have been very formative for me. And so uh, for me, it's more taking that and translating that into contemporary stories that are very relevant to what I want to say, which is tell these uh, you know these family sagas about how people um you know operate within um such a tight family unit uh and do it um you know in in a new adoptive land so um so recipe for persuasion is uh like um, jane austen's persuasion a story of it's kind of a second chance second, romance yes so it's a, it's a second chance at first love it's a story of hope it's a story of reconciling you know what your family takes away from you by becoming, uh, you know, someone who can, you know, by making that journey from someone who couldn't fight that or didn't know how to navigate that to a person who learns how to right? So it's, it's the, it's the classic romance journey of, um, of, of a protagonist um, coming into their own or, you know, learning who they are so they can let love into their life. So while it is that it's also, you um, the story of uh, this woman and her mother—they're estranged. So it's almost like a two generational uh, retelling uh, of persuasion, if you will, and I, if you will. And I hate using the term retelling really uh, because it's not a retelling. Retelling makes you feel like, oh, where is the scene where he does X, and where is the scene right. where he does Y? Maybe so, reimagining. Um, it's it's just it's simply I think uh, inspired by is uh, the best way to say oh, yeah. it or paying homage to right I mean those are the two ways that I think of it and and so what this is is that uh, the mother uh, has um, you know has had a similar experience she's in she's she falls in love very young and then she is um, kind of torn away from the, the the man she's in love with by a very autocratic uh, father and you know a, and a very patriarchal society and so she's forced into marriage with our uh, heroine um, Ashna's dad who is a, you know who's a prince and from a royal family and so her family forces her to to marry him and and, and basically she is uh, I wanted to write a woman who who doesn't comply right who doesn't you know put her head down and say well this is my lot in life and I'm going to make the best out of it instead she says um this this is not whom I want to spend my life with this is not what I want out of my life and I'm not going to comply and um and the collateral damage of that is her daughter Ashna, who is the protagonist of this book. So it's kind of looking at, uh, you know, when women take that stand, when they refuse to do, um, you know, what, because we've read so many stories where where women, um, you know, well, this is my life now and I'm going to make the best out of it. Nothing wrong with that. And I wanted to just examine uh, a woman who refuses to do that and, uh, you know, and chooses her personal desire and what she wants above um, other things. Including a child, uh, in some instances, and so these this mother daughter are estranged um, in in, you know in terrible ways, and because Ashna's only memories of her mom are abandonment, and and so it's the story of how they find their way back to each other. So it is uh, you know it's her truly growing into a person who um, you know who can uh, who can give herself and her mother and her ex love. Um, a second chance. And, um, and so, you know, it's, it, it's, it's this in, entangled um, journey story and just really, really special to many things that I have always wanted to say that, that, you know, that um, in my life, I've always wanted to bring attention to, you know, because I think the journeys we make as women are different um, and are, mm-hmm. um, you know, are hurdled in, in very deeply embedded ways and so that conditioning is um you know is something that um that we all struggle with every day i think i don't think there's a woman on earth who doesn't um at least yeah. you know at least not up until um our generation
0: <laughs> I, I was surprised that you went into the mother's point of view which is almost more of a a women's fiction thing to do than a strictly romance cuz romance tends to be um rarely more than the hero and heroines or you know the dual po- point of view
1: right and a lot of my books have been um uh, change of heart has five points of view um you oh. know, if if you include uh, the diary entry so it's four actual points of view and and um, and a fifth one through through diary entries um i have um uh, I'm trying to think Pride, Prejudice and other flavors, I think has only two. This is terrible. I told you, I can't remember, you know, my kid's name. (laughs) (laughs) But but there are very strong um, uh, stories. In fact, Pride and Prejudice or Pride, Prejudice and other flavors has, um, I think, 11 major characters. So it's, um, you know, so so these uh, books are, you know, and I hate saying uh are, are uh not just romances because i love that they are romances
0: right also right i know what you mean but,
1: yeah. but they are um you know but there's a there's there's certainly also general fiction uh in terms of um you know in if you if you wanted to i don't i like my romances to have large canvases and several characters and you know and much more going on um, in the love, I, I wanted to have a central love story and a happy ending, but I want the story to have many more layers and dimensions. Um, and I think a lot of authors do that. Um, and and certainly my books are also sold i think across the women's fiction and which term by the way i'm not a fan of so i <laughs> wish they, I, I wish they called it general fiction but you know it is what it is but but certainly these Well movies, because
0: it's annoying that there's fiction and then there's women's fiction yeah
1: exactly i mean there's either. no
0: men's fiction <laughs> yeah
1: yeah because that's general <laughs> <laughs> so so certainly and ever since the and and Bollywood Affair and Bollywood Bride were very much, um, you know, romance novels. Um, but even those were trade paperback and, you know, and, and Kensington marketed them as uh, as women's fiction also. Because really, um, I don't think that distinction is, um, you know, that distinction is very clear, um, except that some women's fiction can end um, without a happily ever after. So it's almost like women's fiction has an, it, has an it's not this. So it's, it's more an exclusionary definition than it is this. So romance is yeah. um, uh, you know, women's fiction and it's certainly fiction. And, um, and so, so my books, again, I think there is, um, because the, the component of culture is so large. And when I, when these books came out, there was no place for them, traditional place for them on traditional bookshelves. So it was always kind of a confusing thing. Um, to market, um, which is why it was, um, you know, it was so hard to convince anyone to, um, you know, take them on. And, um, and, and that because those shelves didn't exist. And I think that those shelves are forming now. And, um, and, and um, so, so I don't, you know, I mean, I, I, I am sometimes asked if it is, you know, if I've now tried to kind of make these stories specifically, um, so that they you know, they cross over to women's fiction while still, but this is just naturally how I've written, um, and this is just naturally how I think all six books thus far have been, where uh, you know, I think the structure that's embedded in me as a storyteller is um, this you know is the structure of romance because I I am following uh the arc of the love story primarily. But uh, but I think just as important are all the side, uh, you know, it, it's that art is strengthened by everything else that's going on in that story, which kind of also makes it um, general fiction or women's fiction.
0: Yeah, you know, that's another commonality that we have is that, you know, my books, there was not really a shelf for, especially when I started. And yeah. it, and it's it's that same kind of thing where it's. Um, there's There's a strong romance always in my books, but then they're about a lot of other things too. They're about the political and social change or you know of of the magic and the fantasy worlds and so forth right. and and Kensington was good to us that way in that um Kensington was a little more receptive to oh hang on, I think my cat just got a bird oh. <laughs> Oh, David's got (laughs) David's got it. (laughs) Sorry about that. I'll have to edit, or maybe I'll leave it in for verisimilitude. (laughs) He got. It might have been a a bunny that he got.
1: (laughs) Wow! Did he get so a bunny or
0: a bird? You can't see or just um. It was some kind of rodent. I think it was a bunny. Ah, yikes! (laughs) Sorry about that, folks. part of uh life in the country
1: right <laughs> <laughs> we live in chicago suburbs and my every time my oh the other day my uh our puppy chased a deer in our backyard it's fenced i don't know how the deer got in but we they can jump, jump. I, yeah it's it's crazy how high they can jump and i was uh you know this was i was writing up in my room because my office is in my room and i hear my son sh- and you can tell like you know when 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 kids or anyone is just yelling like Simba come in here as opposed to like desperate Simba you know it was and and we all just ran down and and my son was trying to get him to come in because oh. he was chasing a deer I'm like and this is a you know a, a tiny little dog I'm like that thing could travel <laughs> <for> you <laughs> so yeah it, oh.
0: okay so let's see we were talking about Kensington that Kensington was a little bit more willing to take a chance on a little bit more you know like I don't know what word I want you know the unusual thing
1: yes um
0: so tell me how did you get your first book published
1: oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's uh I mean first and foremost shout out to Martin Bureau, who was my first uh, the first four books were edited by him and he was um you know he was the perfect um editor for uh, for those books for someone just starting out um you know it was just um it was fabulous to have him so he was at um uh, at a conference um here in chicago the the springfling uh, chicago springfling rwa um regional conference and um and he was doing you know how they do those um those my gosh what are they called um publisher spotlights or something like that right where the publisher yeah yeah. does um you know does the, the way we pitch it's almost the opposite of that because they are you know kind of telling telling you what they're looking for what they bring to authors so it's almost this um this you know pitch, it's a little sales pitch a yeah. little sales pitch to authors pitch to us uh, kind of thing and so he was doing a spotlight for Kensington and I was sitting and by this point I had um I had received I mean just so many rejections and uh and and most of them were you know what is because I was at, at the time, I was trying to um, sell these books as Bollywood romances or Bollywood style romances, and I had you know rejections that said everything from "What is Bollywood," you know, <laughs> <laughs> to, um, to to you know, I mean, um, really, you want to write a book with two Indian uh, romantic protagonists, like both, you know, can we change one? And so it was it was a very uh, kind of, you know, confused industry where they were like, we, you know, sure, we'd like to help you. But that's not realistic. And that's not business. And that's not how this business works. And so I was, um, I was at that point already, um, at a point where I was almost like, I've got nothing to lose. Uh, So I have gone to that. So you'd been like sending out the query letters to both agents and editors. For for over a year at that point, and um and and I I, I like to say every uh, agent in North America had rejected me, and some of those, <laughs> some of those rejections had said completely ridiculous things like this is some of the most beautiful writing in this genre that has crossed our our desk, but you know, and so at that point you get like okay, and I had incessantly worked on the book, uh, for you know, um, for over a year, so hundreds, well, actually three years. And so, you know, hundreds and hundreds of revisions, I was, you know, I was working on this thing, I didn't write, uh, you know, a first um, draft and send it out and then go like, Oh, the only reason they don't want me is because I'm, you know, because uh, of the cultural aspect in these books. So I had, um, you know, I, I, I had been working on it. So at that point, I was a little bit, in this, um, state of mind where I was like, uh, you know, what have I got to lose? Um, this is looking pretty bleak at this point. And so I was sitting in that spotlight with, um, and I had been in several spotlights where editors, uh, where, you know, publishers will always say, and you've heard this is, oh, we're oh, yes. looking for something different. And, 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 you know, once you've had a hundred rejections, I don't, I had maybe 60, but, or maybe 100 I don't even remember they, now they want something
0: different but not too different
1: right so they want something different and you're going uh yeah right uh and <laughs> and so I did say yeah right but I did put my hand up and I did say uh that well uh, is you know is about if I said to you I had a Bollywood romance is that different enough and his eyes actually lit up <laughs> You know, I mean, I heard Martin. His eyes lit up, and he said, "Well, why don't?" And and I think it's not done. I don't think you're allowed to pitch your book in the middle of a publishing spotlight. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> and so everyone around me was completely like, "I, you know, I it was, um, it was a room of death stares." Like, what does she do? Yeah, they were
0: giving died? you the stink eye.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and he said, "Sure, as soon as I'm done with this, I'll see you outside, and you can uh, come and tell me about it." and um and and you know and, and people have also told me that was a pretty brave thing to do but I will tell you I had to go change my clothes after that because I was so terrified as I did it that I was completely <laughs> like him I was just it was all sweat <laughs> but I did meet him after and you know we had this lovely conversation and uh he asked for it and and I waited you know nine months after that almost to send it to him because um you know because i continued to work on it and i did continue to try to get an agent because i really wanted an agent um uh, it turns out when you know when finally an agent kind of uh, went through reads and you know revision uh, what 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 do we call it Uh, revise and resubmits and all of that and and finally when i was like okay no agent is going to take this on um and you know 2013 was 2012 very different from uh where we're at right now um yes now you know at, at the agents are just it's, it's a whole different world so at that point i was like okay i am not going to get an agent for these books right now and so i sent it off to him and um You know, and within a week I had, in in less than a week, I had a a contract and that's a whole different story, but we were talking about, uh, you know, so, so so there's a few things uh, to this, again, incredibly grateful, right? That happened at that point, Kensington was my dream publisher because they were the only ones publishing anything outside of the mainstream um, that I could see in commercial fiction, um yeah literary fiction always had you know some but um but they were the only ones they had shobhan bantwal they had ming me yip so you know it was it was it was the it was yes it was checkboxing one each almost but at least they had it and because they had shobhan i was like okay this is my dream publisher because they know they will know what to do with my book um, and so I really wanted them, and which is why I was so nervous to kind of you know send it to Martin and be rejected. but, um, but fortunately it wasn't. And it, it's you know, it is the fact that Kensington uh, was one of the first um, you know, traditional publishers that did that. Um, but it was also the fact that Shobhan bantwal had decided not to write any more books and retire so yeah. uh so i don't think i've ever said this out loud but that had something to do with it um and so um you know so it 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 kind of all it, so it is always you know s- so much of um, of just the alignment of the stars, um, you know, of yeah. effort meeting that, but uh, but but that was basically how um, how I sold to them. And from that moment on, um, Martin was always, uh, you know, he never tried to change um, anything about my stories in terms of. I mean, of course, in you know, from the craft perspective, and you know, I wanted. I needed a lot of revision and he was a fabulous editor but he never tried to um you know try to goad me in the direction of either dulling anything down or or trying to make the culture more consumable or anything he completely trusted what I wanted to do with my stories he always told me um you know to absolutely follow exactly what i wanted to do with my stories make them as as indian or not indian as i wanted and and it was it was such a gift at that you know at that time in my career to have that kind of respect and um and and you know all caring and love for the stories from an editor so he will always be um you know take so much off the credit for whatever happens um you know with my career and with my books
0: yeah, yeah. That's a, you know I did the five with Kensington, and um, I I will always be grateful to them. But then you you move on, right? You know you do different things, and now you're with a different publisher
1: i'm with a different publisher uh, again you know um, uh, this was exactly my dream um, i think what happened uh you know what also happens with a smaller publisher is distribution um and and i yes. think the big problem the big problem with um with you know the, the first the first gatekeepers of course were publishers but the bigger thing that stands between your readers and you is the distribution process and the the sales End of it, right? Uh, it's the um, you know it, it's it's the targets and the Barnes and Noble and the Walmart. Um, they WalMarts at least it it for for um, print uh, books. That kind of is what what is what stands between um, between us and our readers, and that's a whole different numbers game that becomes that that becomes very very hard for non traditional uh, or traditionally you know I mean there's there's no centuries or there's no decades of sales history for so there's no precedent for um, for, for books that. Um, we 're writing and so that was a that's that was a uphill battle um and a hard harder one for smaller publishers to fight and so um so i knew um that you know I knew I was gonna have to find a a a, a, a bigger publisher with more um distribution muscle and a need to kind of hit the reset button on that and of course um you know my uh, I mean, talk about dream publisher, Uh HarperCollins and William Morrow, Avon, um, every, the, the biggest, um, you know, um, I think every author I love, every author, um, because of whom I even wanted to write romance or write these stories is with them. So, you know, so there's this whole... Um, almost this uh I wanted it with like almost a worshipful longing right Right. there's a mystique to it right? not just a mystique there is uh you know it, it feels like um it feels like a you know a, a cross between a goal and something Someone that can help you reach your goal, right? And yes. also, yeah. um, also in terms of, I think, taste. So, so you know, with with Lisa Clapus and Julia Quinn and Susan Elizabeth Phillips, probably the three, um, you know, absolutely idolized uh, names that I had. Um, definitely the reasons. I think the three biggest reasons why I fell so in love with romance and wanted to write it um they were you know so this was the, their publisher and so so it felt like the gold standard it is in my mind to a large extent still feels like that to me and um and so it was um you know it was an absolute dream um to 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 switch to them and uh, and they've been you know again um just absolutely exactly what I need in terms of, um, you know, in terms of the kinds of stories I want to write and, um, you know, and what I want to do with the stories I want to tell. They they're and, filling... and, your,
0: um, and your agent now is Alexandra Machinist, right? She is. Yes, that is. And, and was she your agent all along or did you switch to her recently? I switched to her recently. That's what I thought. Cause I saw that in your, the acknowledgements and um, in, also Best something I'm persuasion. incredibly
1: excited about, you know, and, and, you know, talk about, um, t- talk about fortunate. Um, so, so uh, it, this is, I mean, I'm so incredibly, like, grateful and almost like disbelieving um, that I'm with, um, you know, with what I had always thought was, um, was my dream publisher and my dream agent. And uh, it it just feels completely unreal, Jeffy. It's like weird. <laughs> so
0: so how did that come about
1: how did Alexandra come about yes I have no idea what she was thinking no I'm kidding
0: (laughs) well so after you signed with Kensington you did
1: that deal on your own and then did you have another agent for a while I actually didn't do that deal on my own um because I you know I was thinking in I always you know it was not that it was never about having, um, you know, a book. Um, I had two books written at that time. I had Bollywood Affair and uh, Bollywood Bride written. Bollywood Bride was the one I was shopping. That's the one Martin read and bought. But we had, but Bollywood Affair was the first one that came out um, because I felt like it was more ready. Uh, Bollywood Bride needed a little more work from me. So that was my choice. Again, Martin was, you know, I trust your judgment. And we kind of went from there. So um so so when when i got the offer is um you know when i took it to uh, agents who had been looking uh, you know looking at me whom i had uh, kind of communication with and um and Gita Fumich, uh who was a young uh, new agent with folio was uh, you know was this lovely young woman and she really wanted um, you know wanted to so so she was the one I went with first. And then, um, and, you know, and then just before my first book came out a month or two before Bollywood Affair came out, she quit agenting altogether. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Oh, yeah. So, so, um, but um, Claudia, um, Claudia Cross, who was, uh, you know, a, a partner at Folio, who was, you know, just, um, this lovely, uh, agent, um, took me on and, and I, and so those four books, uh, were with Claudia. The first, uh, in fact, the first two Raji books were, uh, with Claudia also. And, um, and, you know, it was lovely. It was a lovely relationship. Um, she was, um, you know, I, I, she was a really good agent. Um, and I just, um, i think needed um n- needed a change and wanted um uh, you know a, a change and so um and and so i was i had been kind of uh, thinking about this for a very long time and um and of course i was you know you're always told the first time around i was literally like whoever will take me this is a terrible thing again to say but no I th- but it, it it happens to so many yeah, yeah. authors and i think this is interesting
0: because i think a lot of newbie authors don't realize how often established authors end up changing agents multiple times
1: right right because we are told you know we're told oh it's a marriage and things like that i mean you know yeah it's it's a it's it's a very important relationship it's a you know relationship with a lot of trust and all of that um but, but your career changes and you change and the agents change and all of that happens. And, and, you know, these are our careers and we kind of have to at any point do what is best for our books and our careers. Right. And so, um, so, so this time around again, I was, um, just like, uh, you know, so, so I was, um, much more, um, Well, I, you know, and and of course I don't want to slam anyone ever, um, because, um, because I am grateful for, um, you know, for what, um, I, what that relationship gave me, but I had, um, but I was, you know, I had a dream agent and I was, um, you know, I had a list and, um, and, and Alexandra was at the very top of it and, um, you know, And And she's
0: my friend, Dorinda's agent also. Exactly.
1: Exactly. She's Dorinda's agent and, uh, you know, and she had, um, uh, her authors had some of the biggest, um, you know, breakouts with, um, with, um, diverse authors. And she kind of is, uh, you know, what was, um, very much, you know, what I wanted. And, um, and actually Dorinda was the one that put us in touch and, um, and it was kind of unbelievable that she wanted me but you know um it uh, it's it's i'm very excited about being with her and she's just as badass as uh, you know as as uh, not just as an agent as a woman and you know as uh, as as a human being and it's uh, it's been fabulous
0: that's so cool so what what's up next can you tell us what's uh... I mean we've got two more
1: Jane Austen themed books which one is next Sense and Sensibility that's the one I'm writing right now and um and it is the story of um Yash uh, who is the who's who's the um oldest son running for California governor so it it's um it's Sense and Sensibility
0: Yeah uh, I wondered is it um kind of weird to be writing about politics right now
1: yeah. <laughs> Much
0: more <laughs> so than when you envisioned this series, right? <laughs> um
1: uh, yes and no the hard part is writing a book that's set in the middle of a campaign when you know when everybody's shaking hands and hugging and you're like oh, oh. I don't know. like how is how are people going to be campaigning, right? I mean we don't know that when this book comes yeah. out and so uh I mean he's st- there's still rallies and he's still at those and um, but of course the book is never about that. So those things can be, uh, tweaked and changed. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. It's, uh, I, I think I don't know. I'm again, have great respect for anyone who's finding it easy to write or do anything creative right now. I am not one of those people. I'm, I'm struggling <laughs> hard with a book that I know really well, uh, you know, that, and, and still I'm struggling with getting words on paper.
0: Yeah. And so the, the Emma book is last,
1: it's last, yes. Ah. And that will also be a gender flip because uh, Emma is the youngest son of the family, ah. yeah.
0: Cool. And then, do you have? Are you do you have plans in the works for after this or are you just head down on this series?
1: I'm head down on this series. I have some ideas, uh, you know, some idea for what I'm going to do next. But I, it's it's very seminal. So it's like I'm just, you know, just now starting to um, to, li- you know, to kind of live with that concept and see how viable it's going to be. Yeah, did Alexandra sell this
0: series for you, or did that just happen recently?
1: The second two books, I just uh, yeah those. Okay, books so, I just so
0: you only did the first two. Uh,
1: no, the the second. Uh, so now it's all four. So right, yeah,
0: but your original deal was for two.
1: Yes, yes. I think all I, my, all my not. I think I know all my deals have been two at a time. Oh, okay. So. Okay.
0: All right. Well, awesome. <laughs> well, we, I, I could ask you more questions, but we've gone more than an hour, we've so we should probably wind it up.
1: Yes, which is why I was kind of cutting my answer short at the end. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> even, I was like, she had said one hour, and it's been an hour and five minutes. So,
0: <laughs> Well, I should have known, because you my and I, I always also, have yes. ended up talking long.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah when we said when we said one hour I'm like oh that's gonna be hard (laughs) (laughs) but still it's really
0: nice to get to chat with you I feel like I haven't I don't know if we sat down and had a conversation since like RWA in Orlando
1: yeah that was the last time was that the last um no which was the last RWA was New York did we I think we met I don't think
0: very briefly, no, because you were like there for only a couple of days or something and mm-hmm. left again, and I was like.
1: Yeah, that one was hard for me because my uh, my daughter graduated high school and I had, oh. uh, and, and the week before that, my nephew got married. And so all of our, and we had, you know, so we had visitors from, uh, you know, from overseas for, down for the wedding and all of that. And we, that was the only weekend I could do my daughter's graduation where everybody could be there. And so I literally ran out, did, and, and I had already committed to doing, um, you know, some workshops and I I kind of ran out for those, and I love, um, you know, the uh, New York conferences. Uh, I, I always loved the New York conferences, and so I went for I think a day and a half, um, and and. and- 100 people coming to her graduation party so it was so, so my family was like you're doing what <laughs> I said, no, I have so it was It you know I I did and which we kind of was yeah yeah that was an in and out conference for me and I'm so sad yeah. you know that we won't have one um yeah this year because I said oh yeah there that's- Well, famous last words.
0: (laughs) Well, we will have one this year. It's just going to be virtual. Virtual. It's going to be online like the Nebula Conference because the RWA board's been talking to the, actually the SAFWA board because we ended up moving Nebula Conference, which is next weekend, entirely onto Zoom.
1: And RWA
0: is going to follow that model, I think.
1: Yeah. Spring Thing is trying to figure out how to do that. A lot of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, a, a different world for a bit at least, I think.
0: Yeah, we do what we have to. Yeah. So, all right. I will let you go, but it's been delightful
1: to have you here. Um, so fabulous talking to you again, Jeffy. It feels like we're at yeah. conference again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, and
0: and best wishes for your release on Tuesday.
1: Thank you, and you as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't wait to read it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes i we um release day twins be, it'll be fun we'll make it fun
1: we will make it fun we will make it fun a ton of um you know i'm doing a ton of events they're all on my website you can order signed copies from women and children first so plug for them uh, they are one of the oldest chicago area independent booksellers So definitely support them. Um, You know, that link is on my website too. So,
0: And uh, I'll I'll put that in the show notes for people.
1: That'll be great. Yes, because uh, yeah, Women and Children First and indie bookstore. So any indie bookstore, it's just that Women and Children First will have uh, signed copies. Otherwise, um, you know, please, please. Please buy books from indie bookstores right now, or at least go contribute to their GoFundMes or something. We need them.
0: Yeah, that's the truth. All right. Well, and I will remind everyone that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network, and you can find other podcasts you'll love at frolic.media/podcasts. And I will talk to everyone again
1: on Monday. Thank you so much for being here, Sonali. Thank you, Jacqueline. Thank you, everyone who tuned in.
0: All right. Take care. Bye-bye.